What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'm your host, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Now, uh, let me get the introductions out of the way before we get into what are some odd circumstances here for our Boston Bruins as I record. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a former contributor to SB Nation, both with uh, Cup of Chowder and Second City Hockey. I also worked for about five years for The Score, working as a hockey news editor covering the NHL yeah, and the hockey world at large. I am on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren, and you can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Boston Bruins. If you are not already subscribed to Locked On Boston Bruins, you can do so via your favorite podcast app. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, enjoy, live, laugh, love, rate, and review. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So as I record, it is Tuesday evening around 9 o'clock and should be watching the second period of Game 1 of our Bruins against the Carolina Hurricanes. However, what I am currently watching is the fifth overtime of a game between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. This game began at 3 p.m. Eastern Time in Toronto, and the Bruins game was scheduled to begin at 8 p.m. So, you know, all things go well. That game ends around 6. The NHL, as we learned tonight, has about an 87-minute turnaround time required between games, uh, not only to get the ice back in shape, but to change up some of the advertising on the boards, disinfect the locker rooms, things of that nature. So around some point in the fourth overtime, uh, John Shannon of Sportsnet reported that the NHL would not consider bumping the Bruins game until at least five overtimes had been played. At the end of the fourth overtime, Pierre Lebrun reported that the Bruins game had been moved to 11 a.m. Eastern time here on Thursday. Again, with that 90 or so minute interval, it's 9.10 as I record here. So if this game were to end this second, the Bruins wouldn't have been able to start playing until around 10.40 p.m. Eastern time, which... You know, not ideal. We're maybe used to watching the odd game or two at that time when the team is out in California. But for a playoff game in Ontario, uh, 10.40 p.m., not ideal. Now, that's not to say 11 a.m. is ideal either. It was put at that time because there is a Washington Capitals and New York Islanders game, which is scheduled to take place on Wednesday at 3 p.m. So, you know, they're banking on uh, the Bruins and Hurricanes wrapping their game up in due time and not having any further delays. After that, the Canadians and Flyers will play at uh, 8 p.m. at Scotiabank Arena. So, yeah, that's where we stand right now. I thought I'd get a uh, quick update out 
here on Wednesday morning before uh, game one between the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Now, it should be noted that the Bruins and Hurricanes are scheduled to play game two of this series on Thursday night in Toronto again. Uh, that will be a back-to-back situation. Uh, there will be, you know, more than 24 hours between when the game ends and when game two begins, unless, you know, something like this happens. But that leads us to wonder whether or not Bruce Cassidy will elect to start Tuka Rask in both games or if he might choose to start Rask for game one and then give Halak uh, game two. The Bruins will also face a potential back-to-back in games six and seven. So that would be, if the series goes the distance, six games in nine days for the Bruins. And it might be worth deploying that two-headed goalie monster uh, that the Bruins have in order to, yeah, just maximize the roster and make sure everyone is as fresh as possible, especially at that key of a position. Uh, So we'll see, yeah, prior to game two, whether or not that's a decision that um, Bruce Cassidy goes ahead and makes. We know traditionally the Bruins aren't great in matinee games. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but this isn't even a matinee game. This will be a morning game, a brunch game. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully you all can watch it. Uh, Hopefully you're not working. Uh, I have the benefit of working from home, and uh, one eye will certainly, well, let's be honest, two eyes will be on my second screen as I watch game one here Uh, just before lunchtime. Now, I should also mention that Thursday is my wife and I's wedding anniversary, and we are planning to uh, go to the Niagara region for a couple days. So I likely won't get a podcast out to you after game two, and probably not until after game three when I return home on Saturday. So just giving you all a heads up that if you're looking for a game two recap on Friday, I will be actually biking around the Niagara region uh, doing a wine tasting tour, socially distanced and COVID friendly, of course. Well, not COVID friendly, uh, quarantine friendly um, and uh, very much looking forward to that. So yeah, there will be no episode on Friday, and you can expect one to drop after game three, which is scheduled for noon on Saturday. So that will be two of the first three games of the series beginning very early in the day. Uh, Typically, matinee games are, you know, well, actually, that's not true. The Bruins have played some noon games in the past. Oh, boy. I think we got a puck over glass penalty here for the Blue Jackets. This could turn the tide. Before we move on, let me talk to you for a moment about rockauto.com. Have you ever thought to yourself that it might be fun to try the do-it-yourself approach to car repairs? Or have you ever found that your mechanic needs a part that can't be tracked down, so they send you to the dealership? Well, if you go to rockauto.com, you will find... The best selection for all the car parts you will ever need. They're a family-run business, which I love, and they have been uh, going for about 20 years now. Uh, If you go to their website, you'll see that they have it all cataloged and 
uh, sorted very nicely and easy to peruse. Uh, best of all, their prices are always reliably low. If you go to rockauto.com to make a purchase, please let them know that Locked On sent you. And again, I can't say enough about rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the vehicle parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, I recorded uh, Tuesday's episode prior to head coach Bruce Cassidy's media availability, and there were a couple interesting nuggets that came out of that. First of all, Cassidy was asked about quite a number of people who have picked the Hurricanes to beat the Bruins in this series. I think on ESPN, which is you know not a noted hockey authority, but 14 of 16 of their hockey contributors picked the Hurricanes to win, which is just a strong case of recency bias in my mind. But he said, this is Bruce Cassidy, we'll be ready to play. We came into this with a mindset that we were going to build toward game one. And our intention is to be in it for the long haul. We ha- we do have to improve areas of our game if we expect to beat Carolina, to be fair. Our guys do have a recent history against them in terms of this year, the game we played, we won. That is a 2-0 uh, shutout win back in December. Last year in the Eastern Conference Final as well, but a lot has changed since then. This almost feels like a brand new season, Cassidy said, for obvious reasons. We have to prove it on the ice uh, tonight, he said, and I guess that will be this morning. (laughs) The lineup is set uh, per, um, yeah, Cassidy and what we've seen in uh, practice most recently and in in the game against Washington. It will be, of course, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, with David Krejci centering a line of Jake DeBrusque and Andre Kasha. Nick Ritchie will be on the left side of the third line anchored by Charlie Coyle with Anders Bjork riding the right side as a left-hand shot. And then the fourth line will be Cassidy's crew of Joaquin Nordstrom, Sean Corrali, and Chris Wagner. Nordstrom, of course, being a former Hurricane. On defense, Zidane Chara, Charlie McAvoy, no surprise, Tori Krug and Brandon Carlo. And then Matt Grizzlick with Jeremy Lozon as Cassidy elected to go back to the lefty-lefty pairing uh, in lieu of potentially uh, getting Connor Clifton in there, who who didn't look too bad on Sunday. Tuka Rask, of course, will be the starter, but that remains to be seen if he'll get the Game 2 nod, you know, considering uh, it'll be a back-to-back situation. Of that third defensive pairing, Cassidy said, at the end of the day, if we need to make a switch, we will. We just felt that it gives us the best balance in our lineup of size and puck moving ability with Lozon in there. He does, however, believe the bigger guys needed a few more reps. He's now been on the ice a little while, and he thought he was a little better against Washington and settled into his game. That would be Lozon, actually, who played on Sunday with uh, Clifton, with Matt Grizzly getting the day off. He also said he does have a lot of faith in uh, both John Moore and Connor Clifton if Jeremy Lozon is not up to the task or any other of the defensemen for that matter. 
But that's what we're going with in game one, and that's what we feel is going to give us a real chance to win, he said. Now, the buzz and intensity of the playoff action is a bit different, of course, since they are in the bubble. Uh, there's no you know, tangible fan presence. Uh, the media is not present, and... Um, Bruce Cassidy was asked, you know, if it feels the same, and he thinks it will when the puck drops. But for now, it's just different. You know, he, he'll miss the energy of the crowd. You can't replicate that with no fans in there. Playoff hockey, the crowd is a little louder. The media buzz uh, as well. And he always finds that part of the playoffs uh, is, you know, enlivening to him. The lack of energy from those two areas will have to be created by the team itself. But once the puck drops, he thinks it'll be the same. Just kind of the lead up to it and some of the other stuff around it that has been different. Speaking of missing those touches, the Bruins are, of course, away from their families. And they did get a taste of home on Monday when they were surprised with the video of family and friends wishing them luck ahead of Game 1. Uh, it was set up by the team. And it, Cassidy said it was nice to see some familiar faces. Even though you're seeing your own kids on FaceTime, the whole Bruins team gathered together, and it was nice to see all the kids, Charas, Marchands, Tukas, Bergerons, uh, because you usually see families more around the arena this time of year, and it's nice to be reminded that they are all in this together, even from a distance. Um, guys are focused right now on the job at hand, and that's Game 1 versus Carolina. They've all been looking forward to it, and the guys are excited uh, while trying to balance family and keeping up with them while being away. It's a big challenge for everybody, but uh, ultimately, Bruce Cassidy believes that his team is up for it. And, you know, after kind of a disappointing round, Robin, I really think that our Bruins will elevate their game now and uh, we will see that in a few hours, whether or not that hypothesis is true. Um, this is an experienced group. They know what it takes to succeed at this level. They fell oh so short last year, and it will be um, yeah, a challenge for them to get to where they were last year and to take it to the next step of actually winning, but... Uh, the fact that the leadership group on this team is so strong and, uh, you know, they have four very effective lines, each with their own strengths. And I believe the, uh, yeah, this team will rise to the challenge um, now that kind of the chips are on the table, so to speak. But yeah, 11 a.m., that's when we'll get a better sense of, of what this team is made of. And uh, I, for one, don't really have any reason to doubt that they can elevate their game to that point. We usually finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. And wouldn't you know it, the Tampa Bay Lightning just ended their game against the Columbus Blue Jackets in the fifth overtime period. Braden Point with the wrist shot passed. Uh, Eunice Corposalo at the 10:27 mark, about six and a half hours after the puck dropped. If the NHL had held to having the Bruins play tonight, that game would not have started until around 11 p.m. Uh, some wild stats from this game. Most notably, 
Corpusalo in net for the Blue Jackets. He made a total of 85 saves, a 966 save percentage, and the man ends up losing the game, which is uh, just downright uh, disheartening, I'm sure. Uh, in terms of ice time, Seth Jones led the way with 65 minutes and 6 seconds. Zach Warinski coming in at 61-14. Uh, those two horses on the Columbus blue line just deserve so much credit uh, for the Lightning. Uh, Ryan McDonough with 53-06. And Victor Hedman, who wasn't even uh, guaranteed to play, Skated at 57 minutes and 38 seconds in this one. Just a ridiculous uh, amount of ice time for these guys. Hedman actually led the Lightning with nine shots on goal as well. The high for the uh, Blue Jackets was seven from Dennis Savard. So I guess the defenseman getting more shots on goal just by nature of playing more than their forward counterparts. Just an incredible game that spanned many parts of my day, beginning with finishing up work to dinner time to bedtime. At one point, I actually watched all of Captain America through that game. Uh, first time watching it with my middle son. Uh, that whole movie, we could have watched... Uh, a couple other Marvel movies in there during that time as well. And then ultimately bedtime. And uh, now it's my daily um, have a bowl of cereal before bedtime. Maybe do some reading and watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother is how I'm going to end the day. So yeah, a bit of a weird podcast here on Thursday morning, but uh, thought it would be interesting to just set the tone for game one once again. And uh, we will, of course, be back to recap all that happened in Game 1 in what we hope will be a win for our Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's kind of quick and dirty episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, uh, I'll remind you in the next episode, but uh, I will be off later this week, so don't expect an episode on Friday. But if you do smash that subscribe button, then you'll be... Uh, notified when a new episode drops uh, each time. If you want to get some more reaction from this Tampa Columbus game, do now switch over to the Locked On NHL podcast. Always some great content over there. And again, I'm your host, Ian McLaren. This has been another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and go Bruins, 11 a.m. Wednesday morning. I keep saying Thursday, I think, but it's it's Wednesday. Um, this whole moving game time thing is just throwing me off. But, yes, Bruins, Canes, 11 a.m., Wednesday morning. Let's get a win, boys.